it's been way too long and I really miss you. Love you, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. My favorite director would have to be Martin Scorsese. Followed by. Hey guys! Welcome to Top Fives and Deep Dives. This is uh, Justin over in Los Angeles. I've got Mike over in London across the pond. Hello, my friend. Yo, yo. It's our it's our favorite month of the year. It is. And our second horror ep for October. In a row. Amazing. As it should be. And, okay, first of all, both the topic and the guest. So excited for. The topic top five psychological horror movies the guest the one and only we've been awaiting his return danny hollywood aka dan creed what is up brother (laughs) what's up guys how we doing good uh you're back i'm glad to be i'm so happy to be back great great to have you back on and this you know uh, i didn't say anything when we came up with the topic but this is Probably my favorite subgenre of all horror. So I was quite pleased to be going down this road. Wow. It's a good one. It's definitely a good one. I had to do some I I had to do some deep dives uh, during, during this one. I mean, my list is kind of basic, but I did do deep dives. <laughs> I had to go back to uh, uh you know, 50, 60 years and stuff watch some oldies, but uh yeah, you know. You sons of bitches. I'm like well, I won't say anything about when mine come from, but I'm a little bit all over the place. A little bit all over the place. Oh, man. I, I did not know, Mike, that this was your favorite subgenre. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'd i have to really, really think about it. But what I'll say is it's the it's the subgenre that gets to me the most, at least when I'm an adult. Like some of this Ooh. stuff legitimately scares me. And yeah. it's just like really like gripping. And so it's some of my favorites to watch for sure. So, you know, what I thought was interesting, boys, is like, so I I think there's certain movies that I I mean, literally, if you go to like the Wikipedia page, it'll say like psychological horror. And it's like very clear cut that that's like the genre. But I do think that I I don't want to say it's too open to interpretation, but I do think that certain movies are can definitely be considered psychological horror that maybe aren't branded that way super directly like there definitely were a couple on my list that I was like you know like it is but I don't know if it's necessarily the face of the genre like maybe a couple other films yeah that might be that, on my no list. for sure it's it's open for interpretation and there's a line there also between what's psychological horror what's psychological thriller and that's pretty arbitrary as well so yep. um be interesting to see what everybody came up with that's that's kind of what I took it as too. It's like exactly like like where is the line? But in the same respect, like screw the line. Like there, you know what I mean? Like exactly, just, yeah. Whatever it is, let's just yeah. let's do it. You know. I have like f- four of mine are like Wikipedia psychological horror, and one of them I don't I wouldn't even necessarily classify it that like first or maybe even second, but it absolutely is. I love that. Now, Dan- Danny or Mike, whoever wants to take it. I mean. 
Dan, as you know, some of you may know, the man is a psychological genius, dare I say. But uh, (laughs) what like if you guys had to explain psychological horror, like how would you explain it? Uh, I like I don't know, like for me, you know, like horror is meant to scare, right? Like, you know, and like a lot of the horror films nowadays, like jump scares, things like that. Okay, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever. To me, like psychological horror, like you feel uneasy. It's not necessarily like, oh my God, this is so scary. Like, oh, da, 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 you know, but like, like for me, like the ones on my list, like at least some of them just throughout the entire thing, you are so uneasy, like in your own skin and like where Mm -hmm. you're sitting, you know what I mean? And that kind of to me is like how it is. And also like, as we kind of, kind of we're talking about like you know it's like a mind fuck you know what i mean like like what you know whether it's a twist or how it's done or whatever but like like i feel yeah just makes you uneasy you know what i mean yeah i think it's it's sort of extreme mental states beyond just like that visceral reaction to like seeing a big guy with a knife you know whether it's it's sort of paranoia or people are dealing with like you know maybe hallucinations or or distrust of the people around them or stuff like that i think that's that's what i'm going for at least a hundred percent i think you both just fucking killed it on that great job golf clap for them guys golf clap let's fucking jump into this yeah, let's talk let's about our top five psychological horror movies let's do it who, who wants to start today i mean it's tradition second time on the pod means True. you get to lead us off danny, danny. darko all right yeah 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 for sure all right so so like I was telling Mike earlier, I was like, I was flip-flopping some of the list a little bit, but it's been pretty consistent since we started it. Sans a few things, I was like, eh, maybe not. But my number five, and this kind of goes with how I described it, very uneasy feeling throughout the entire thing. Um, I picked The Witch, directed oh, by Robert yeah. Eggers. Bro, bro, bro. This was my number <laughs> five for so long, and I don't know why, but I just decided I had too many newer films, so I bumped oh. it from my list. <laughs> No, I'm so, I'm so glad you picked this. Fucking yeah. love this film. So, boys, can I say something really quickly before I let Danny Darko go into this? That you hate Robert Eggers? I fucking hate him, and I hate this <laughs> fucking movie. Why? Oh. What? That you hate it? Ah, oh, okay. Talk to talk to us. Talk to us, and then I'll respond after. All right. No, just like for me, like. You know, obviously, like, I'm from New England. New England itself, some of the best short horror stories of all time, H.P. Lovecraft, like, Edgar Allan Poe, like, going back to the 1800s, like, like it's just something about the New England in the fall and winter, the dead trees, like, the stark, stark gray tones, everything. And I thought this movie captured it perfectly. Obviously, like, it's a total slow burn. Uh, you know, nothing, like, necessarily is, like, super scary, but I think that the soundtrack plays a huge part in this. I really feel like it's so stark and half a time it's just like, here's like wood clanking. And that's like throughout the entire movie of just like in the background. And I really feel that the old English that they did just adds to it. The characters themselves, I forget who plays the the wife, but like she's just creepy as fuck, man. That, that woman has a horror face to be, you know, like insane. She so. is creepy. She is creepy, dude. And uh, yeah, I just thought like, you know, like the color palette of the movie too, it just lends itself to it. And then of course, you know, at the end, you know, obviously like, you know, you have Philip, uh, you know, the goat and I just- Black Philip. 
Yeah, Black Phillip. Sorry, yeah, Black Phillip. And uh, yeah, I mean, I just thought it it just made me une- it's made me uneasy. And like I've seen it like three or four times, and every time, even though I know it's going to happen, I'm still uneasy. And that's why I picked this as my number five. So, I, I mean, I can't wait to hear what Mike has to add, but like. Also, I will say in hindsight, so like, okay, I really dislike The Lighthouse, like his more recent film. Could, could be on here. Could be on here. <laughs> the Witch. What did you say? Wait, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't fucking wait. Oh, my God. That movie fucking sucks. But like, anyway, so like The Witch, I guess I'm a little less harsh on like, I actually related to some of the stuff you just said there, Dan. Like, I do think like the way that they do the setting and like some of the characters and just like the way that you're sort of uneasy the entire film, you are right. Like they actually do do a really good job at that. I think for me, I love a good slow burn. This was like Robert Eggers just, and again, I know so many people love him. The way that he tries to just make it extra sort of like, I guess in up to interpretation. I like when things are left to interpretation, the way that he does it, is a little bit just too much for me. I don't know. I, I even with the ending, which I won't say, but like everything with like the the language, like uh, the whole what is it that they do in the film? Like the like the it's it's old English, yeah, it, yeah. It's old. It's, it's, it's old all, English. All yeah. natural lighting shot yeah. during like the day yeah. and stuff. But see, yeah. like I feel town that like that adds to it though. Like stark oh, set in the middle bad. of the woods old English, which is just fucking creepy in and of itself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it just, true. you know what I mean? Like it just, I feel like it just adds all of these layers to it. And that's why I feel like it's a good horror film. You know what I mean? That's why I feel like, you know, and again, like I haven't seen the lighthouse. I really haven't seen much of what else that he's done, but I feel like to me, like this was a great and I don't even know if I would call it like, like technically it wouldn't fit into the quote unquote branch of psychological horror. I mean, yes, it makes me feel uneasy, but you know, it, it's just like a horror film, but I really feel like because of the way that it made me feel, that's why I included it on this list. You know what I mean? I, I think it's definitely psychological horror because it's dealing with this sort of distrust, this paranoia happening yep. within the family um, and the claustrophobic aspect of it as well. She sort of has no means of getting out. Right. Um, she's up against this like, uh, you know, sort of unstoppable force of religion that's kind of hell bent on on you know throwing her to the wall, so to speak. Yeah. And I and and I I will say that yes, this is a slow burn, but it's only ninety minutes or ninety two minutes. That's true. Yeah. And and it puts it all on the plate at the end, right? So right. I think the payoff is great, and I, I I fucking love this film. You know what? I've been convinced to rewatch it. I've only seen it once in theaters. And since since this happened, uh, what's her name? Anya Taylor Joy. Anya Taylor Joy. I mean, she's Anya just Taylor been absolutely Joy, yeah. Yeah, she's killing been it. Bl- she's been fucking killing up, it. So. She's, yeah, it's, it's awesome. She's, she's so murdering. Good. Yeah, she's so good. No, I. you know what? I'm with you, Dan. The The atmosphere and the way that it's shot and like just the uneasiness of it, they do do a really good job in that sense. I, I got to rewatch it, see if maybe I'll like it a little bit more the second time. I don't think that is going to be the case for the lighthouse with me, but, but that is a separate movie. So that's another discussion. I would, I would totally say, give it another rewatch. You know what I mean? It came out, what, 2015 or 2016, something like that. So it's been a while, but I mean, I would definitely rewatch it. I would definitely rewatch it and just like think about all of that. And then, 
come up with your own opinion. And who knows, it may be the same thing as you feel now, but I, I, I think it's, I think it's worth a revisit for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm fucking in. I'm fucking in. I love that. Number five. I, 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 I love it. Even though I say, I don't like the movie. I'm gonna rewatch <laughs> it. All right, cool. Good. I've done my job. Hit us with yours then, Tap. What do you love? My number five, what I love, what I love. Ooh, I really I really do like this movie at, at number five spot. Um, it actually, I'm surprised it's not even a little higher, but, but you got to make decisions. So my number five, which I think we're going to get into this, but some people would argue is a little bit psychological thriller. I find it to definitely be psychological horror mixed with some thriller is the 1997 Austrian film funny games oh wow okay yeah i love this i've never seen it oh dude i've never seen it bro that needs to happen <laughs> you need to watch it and you need to make sure that you watch the actual original movie because they're both from michael yes. haneke you want okay. the original so pretty much dan what happened is in 1997 michael haneke he wrote and directed this film it is in you know the native language and in 2007, 10 years later, he did a shot for shot American remake with like an American cast like Naomi Watts is in it. Am I right with that, Mike? Yeah, it's Naomi Watts. Yeah, Naomi Watts, Tim Roth. I'm looking it up right now. And it, it honestly, it's also good. It's just like there was literally no reason to redo the first one, which is fucking awesome. And it's definitely the superior version of the two, although both solid. But um, pretty much funny games really fucking sick like sadistic fucking movie pretty much this family it's a husband his wife their son and their dog they go to their like holiday their their vacation home that is on a lake in austria and they get there it's it's definitely a bit of a i'd say not as slow burn in the sense of like the witch but it's also a bit of a slow burn like wouldn't you say mike uh yeah, yeah. It builds to a degree. Then then though you do get into it, but pretty much they get to this house. Their next door neighbor is with these two these two guys, uh sort of like young guys, we'll say like in their like early 20s. And they don't know him, but they get introduced to them and these two guys Peter and Paul begin sort of showing up unannounced. And it eventually turns into them taking the family hostage and telling them that if they survive until 9 a.m. the next morning, they win and they can live. And it's like it's like a game. And it's just it's fucked up like it is. Yeah, it's a really fucked up movie. And I know that it sort of got a lot of. uh I mean, it's definitely a cult film, but I also know there are certain like critics and people that are just like repulsed by the film at the same time. And it's it's in it's intense, but it is fucking awesome. It is like, again, you think about it's it's more psychological. I'd say some other movies for me are going to be a little bit like The Witch, Dan, in that they make you feel super uncomfortable the whole time. This one, yes, makes you feel a little uncomfortable, but it's more about the psychology of not only what they're doing to this family, but also imagining the fact that this actually isn't 
impossible that this could happen to you. Like it feels within the realm of possibility that some psychopaths could do this. And that's yeah. fucking freaky in and of itself. I got to check out this damn movie. <laughs> I guess the only thing I'd have to add town is, is also the thought of, I guess it's not quite guilt at the moment, but thinking of what you'll have to do to the other people in your family. Yes. And what you're willing to sort of do to survive. To potentially like survive. Yeah. Yeah. Which that, yeah, the, we, we didn't even get there, but that is where they really take things to another level in this movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, since, since Creed has not seen it, I think that's a good place to leave it. Hi, yes. High endorsement from me as well. Love that okay. pick there. Um, and Creed, you should definitely see it. I, uh, I just wrote movies to watch <laughs> funny games not 07 97 is exactly what i wrote <laughs> after you watch 97 you should watch 07 because it's okay. still good but it's not right. yeah <laughs> okay well uh i am going to i'm going to a director who i bet everybody expects to be on this list and it was just a matter of which one of his films i would put on there because i refused to put more than one on for somewhat obvious reasons and this is 1965's repulsion the roman ah, polanski film of course Ooh. of course um roman polanski's a bad dude let's just say that right <laughs> off the yeah let's let's, let's we do just, not endorse let, him yeah let's let's call the elephant in the room and he has three absolute bangers in this genre this is the first <laughs> one and i yeah i just feel like we should say that but um, this is it's only his second film ever. Um, it's black and white. It is about um, these two Belgian sisters that are living in London. And one of them, who's played by Catherine Deneuve, um, you know, eventually she's sort of left alone for like a couple weeks in the apartment and she starts going crazy. And this film is just, I don't know, it's a pretty small because um, it all takes place in this apartment, just like the others in his sort of apartment trilogy. But it's 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 there's not all that much dialogue. Um, the the main character is basically, you know, withdrawing from everybody, extremely shy and uncomfortable, and doesn't want to talk to people, and then just kind of deals with all of this crazy shit by herself. And this film, I mean, the the way that it's shot is just it's kind of art house, but it's it's really effective, really really creepy. Um, the effects that they're able to pull off are, are super impressive um, for, for when this came out and being such a small, small budget film. Um, there's there's a couple things that maybe I, I don't love about it. It has kind of a weird, abrupt transition between the, the two halves of the film, but um, it's, it's definitely unsettling. It's you know maybe not as celebrated of a film as something like Rosemary's Baby, but this is one that I prefer to watch i haven't seen it in a long time but i remember it just being like claustrophobic super yeah you know what i mean that's uh, like one thing that really stands out that i like remember about the movie i haven't seen it since like film school so what it's been like 10 years or something but yeah i just remember like super shadow like shot great super shadows black and white obviously plays into that but like it being like very tight and like claustrophobic and as you said it's like shot in the apartment pretty much so but yeah i and, and some of these films, right, there's definitely a line between like you don't know what's real and what's not real. And in this one, you pretty much know that everything is not real. So it's just an absolute like complete mistrust of the narrator as you just kind of watch her fall apart. Yeah. This is actually 
funny enough, I, I I think I'm giving the right shout here. I'm pretty sure Rich Morgan used to tell me I needed to see this movie back in, in the college days. And crazily enough, I don't know how the fuck this is possible. I still haven't seen it. And this really is the kick I needed because, I, I, I mean, Roseberry's Baby, Say No More, it's obviously fucking great and, and a great example in this genre we'll see if maybe we talk about it later i don't know but uh yeah this one i've always heard from like fellow horror fans that this is the one like this is this is sort of the one that maybe it's a little bit less mainstream but that it's fucking brilliant so i i i need to check it out i've only been straggling for about 10 years now it's it's like a simpler and tighter rosemary's baby i would say okay Great number five. Great number five. I love it. Okay. Over to you. All Daniel. Right. <clears throat> number four. I had to put at least one on here. And this is this is the this is one that I uh changed for the director at least. Ooh. Um I originally had uh and I think Town knows this, um, but I love Alfred Hitchcock. Um absolutely love Alfred Hitchcock. So I do know uh, this. My number four is 1958's Vertigo. Mm, okay. Ooh, okay. Um, I originally had, I'll say what I originally had, and then I was like, no, I got I to gotta revisit this movie. I originally had Psycho as my number four. And then I made, I made, I made a change. I like this change. <laughs> I support this change. Yeah, yeah. so like... Psycho is definitely one of my favorite Hitchcock movies. However, in terms of like psychological horror, I feel Vertigo like takes the cake on it. And I'm so happy that I revisited it. Number one, like the soundtrack is just crazy. And I feel like it's a precursor to like the birds and 2001 a space odyssey. Like just, it's like electronic. It's like a pendulum, like going back and forth. Um, I also love this movie. It's the end of the Stuart Hitchcock, uh, like uh they're like collaboration yeah uh hitchcock blames stewart for like the failure of this movie and they never worked again together but um i also just love how hitchcock <laughs> pitched the movie <laughs> and this is this is what i read online and again i don't know like maybe it's made up or whatever but i just i love it he basically said like someone asked him what vertigo was about and he said to put it simply a man is trying to have sex with a dead woman <laughs> <laughs> and like that's what he coined it as <laughs> that's like how he described it um but i just feel like you know it's like you go through the whole journey of it right thinking you know i mean obviously it's like 1958 so hopefully people have seen it. it's been 70 years but um you know it's like who is who is the woman alive is she dead you know the dream sequence with like you know the spirals and stuff i think for 1958 is i mean brilliant i think it's great um again uneasy and also that tracking shot i forget what it's called um like the pull zoom at the same time yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. that's like such a great shot up the i feel the like it's just staircase. called the vertigo effect like that's is what that it, is that was yeah the vertigo i don't know yeah. what else it's called but that's what people call it now um i mean it's just like i don't know man it's just it's so good i just i love this movie and I, it's been a while since i watched it and i'm really happy that i watched it again because like again, I would say it's like kind of psychological. Like the dude, just, like the dude, I know is like a you know he's like 
he's off the police force and they hire him as like a private detective to like go like after this girl and da da da. But like, it's basically just him stalking this woman for like two hours. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he just follows her around San Francisco. And uh, I just thought, and I forgot about the ending too. I was like, oh yeah, this is so good. And uh, yeah, I, so I put that as my number four. And I had to throw Hitchcock on there too, just because you gotta you gotta give a shout out to like the grandfather of of horror and uh, what he what he did for the entire genre just as a whole. Definitely, I feel like he was one of the most important. I mean, probably the most important kickstart to the genre. He, I mean, he invented slasher movies with Psycho. You know, like that was the first would, slasher. That was the first slasher movie. Well, it comes out the same year as Peeping Tom, so I would. I, would I guess that's true. Yeah. But, yeah. I, but yeah, I'm with you. I'm with yeah. you. But he's I a mean, very important name, regardless. Yeah. yeah, and I agree. I think this is fully psychological. I would question yes. whether it's horror versus thriller. Right. But we've established draw that line wherever you want. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like scary, but again, like it's like an uneasy feeling. You get the soundtrack. He's stalking this chick. You know, and as you go through the journey, like if you haven't seen it before, it's like, it's like you don't know what comes next. And it's like always that uneasy feeling for me, you know. Also, I'm just super afraid of heights. So this this movie freaks me the fuck out. Yeah, that plays into it too. Yeah, exactly. Great fucking pick. I'm so happy that you picked this one over Psycho. Like I like Psycho and everything, but I think Vertigo is fucking... One of his best, personally. Yeah, so, 100%. Yeah. Love this choice. Okay, well, I'm going to take us way from way, way, way back then to just two years ago. Probably the mo- maybe the most recent movie on this list and a film that really like came out of the blue for me. I went to see it alone in the theaters in the middle of the fucking day. There was like no one in the theater. And... I thought this movie was fucking great, but it is 2019's Midsummer. Oh, Ooh, so written, good. Okay. Written and directed by Ari Aster, who also did uh, Hereditary. Yep. And, uh, oh, I love that you love this. Like, I just, again, like, everyone classifies things differently. Like, you know, you look online, some people call this, like, folk horror. I totally think it's, you know, t- t- at least to some degree, psychological horror. If you don't know what this movie's about, uh, which, by the way, stars it stars Florence Pugh in the uh, in the lead role, and she fucking kills it. But um, it's it's a very beautifully shot movie, first of all. But it's about Florence Pugh's character. Uh, her name's Danny, and her sister kills herself and uh, their parents which is very dark, but uh, one of the great opening scenes really ever. Yeah, seriously. Holy shit. It's unbelievable. So this pretty much starts a bit of a, uh, a bit of a, you could say a bit of a spiral, right boys? Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, really, it really, I mean, how can that not super affect your life? Anyways, her boyfriend and his friends, have been invited to attend this like midsummer celebration at his this commune that's like where he grew up um, in where the fuck does it take place Sweden. in uh, in Sweden. And so this celebration, it like occurs once every 90 years, it's, like a big deal. It's like so anyways, they go and when they get there. It's like they all take mushrooms 
that's a that's a hell of a scene in and of itself. But Danny has like a fucking bad trip. And anyways, they get to the commune and weird shit slowly starts happening. Or I should say pretty quickly, honestly, after they get there. But it gets weirder and weirder. It just gets weirder and weirder. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? And it all sort of climaxes in this crazy fucking ending that we will not. Great choice of words. (laughs) (laughs) to say the least (laughs) (laughs) but like i mean this movie's awesome and i feel like it's one of those partly makes you feel uncomfortable the whole time partly you're intrigued the whole time and eventually you're just like what the fuck is going on and it's sort of i mean it is horrifying some of the things that eventually happen and I just I love it. I think it, this is one that sticks part of psychological horror for me has to be that it sticks with me after. And this is definitely a movie that like I was thinking about for like a couple weeks after I saw it and just like was implanted into my brain. 100 percent. Yeah. I mean, like some of the <laughs> I mean, I'm not going like, to give anything away, but like some of the things that happen are you like you just sit there and you're like wait what the fuck is going on (laughs) you gotta be shitting me and it's just and you're like did that just like wait did that happen like that happened (laughs) you know and it's just weird creepy yeah talk about uneasy oh my god that's an uneasy movie and the thing is too is like again it's such a it's such like a stark contrast between like the beautiful colors during the day yeah, mm-hmm. and then just like fucked up at night. And it's so dark, and it's just so creepy. Yeah. It's it's awesome. I, I that was that was a great. I I didn't even think about that one town, but yeah, I mean, I still think about that movie sometimes. It didn't even dawn on me to put that on the list. I know now. Now you're like, fuck. I could. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the the claustrophobia of not being able to get out of the situation combined with the sort of gaslighting of all the people there that are like, no, this is normal. This is totally fine. Right. And it's just like, no, this isn't fine. Like, this is not okay. <laughs> Nothing is fine about yeah. what's happening right now. Nothing is okay. <laughs> Dan, this is, I, this isn't, I'm just building on something that you said, but this is absolutely for me, primarily a folk horror, which mm-hmm. isn't to say that it's not a psychological horror as well. I was just sort of clarifying there. It is absolutely both. It is. Yes, you are right. It is absolutely a folk horror, but it has such a psychological aspect to it. It's like, oh, man, but what a fucking I love that we're all united, that we all think this is a great fucking film. Yeah. 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 Um, Well, speaking of great fucking films, talk to us. My number four is is maybe the craziest film on any of our lists. Maybe Whoa. the craziest film that we've ever talked about on the pod. Whoa. Uh, it is 1981's Possession. Oh, my God. I've never seen it. I've never seen it. Okay. No matter what I say for the rest of the pod, don't listen to me. This is the film that you need to see. Okay. Holy shit. Okay. <laughs> and actually, this film just got restored to 4K and is now sort of sweeping the LA area. So I know for a fact it's playing at USC for free on whatever next monday is the 25th of october i think so shout out to anyone that listens to this the day it comes out or youtube anyway possession okay this is a film about divorce 
Um, the people getting divorced are Isabella Johnny and Sam Neill, who are both fucking incredible in this. Sam Neill. Young Sam Neill. Love it. Oh, he's incredible. And this is uh, it's directed by Andre Zulowski, and it is very much an art house film. Um, I cannot tell you what this film means, nor can anybody, really, which isn't the type of thing that I would necessarily gravitate towards. Um, I, I tend to think a lot of that can get pretentious. But this film is just fucking wild. And uh, it's so disorienting because you have no idea. I mean, both of the characters are not trustworthy. Ajani is absolutely insane. Like she goes completely off the rails and you have no idea what, what's, what she's doing, what you're looking at. And, and you can't trust anybody. So it has that aspect to it. But also Zulowski's filmmaking is just, there's no room to breathe. Like it's just a bat out of hell from the beginning to the very end. And people are like, you know, they're giving dialogue and they're just like spinning in circles and like running around the apartment and throwing things and cutting themselves. And you're just like, what the fuck is happening? And that's just the regular <laughs> divorce part. Then when it gets to like the horror oh. part, you're like, is that real? Is that even, uh, is that made up? I don't know what's happening here at all. And it is the craziest experience. Uh, you absolutely have to watch this film. No matter what, whether you come away like liking it or loving it, you'll be very glad you saw it. I am so goddamn intrigued right now. I am, yeah, I am too, man. Uh, Dan, I think we both know a movie that we need to watch. Yeah, uh, one hundred percent. I, I, I love it too. And you're like, they're running around the apartment, they're cutting themselves. That's just the divorce part. It's yeah. just like, oh, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, oh, okay, cool. We know where we start. <laughs> Zulowski made this film when he was going through a divorce, and he just made it in a way that just like conjures up sort of the emotions of the process that goes fully like supernatural into crazy shit. All right. Okay. Yeah. That's on the list too. Yep. Yep. This is being watched within the week. Yeah. 100%. And this is, I will say, just be careful because so basically this film only made it to the U S it's Zulowski's only English language film and it made it to the U S with a full 30 minutes missing from the film. Like they cut out so much to the point where it makes no sense whatsoever. So you have to watch the full runtime version, which is like almost, it's like 124 minutes. So just be careful. Okay. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. All right. I'm writing that. I'm writing that down so I don't get the shit version of it. (laughs) Yeah. You don't want that. You don't want that. 100%. I am so, I'm like, I want to watch it right now. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I'm just like thinking about it right now. Text me after you watch it because your brain is just going to be like leaking out of your ears. It is it. a wild the experience. Fuck, I love it. I'm surprised. Like I've never, I've never even like heard of it, bro. Like where well, have it's, I been? It's, it's definitely more of a cult film now. But yeah, like I said, it just hasn't. The way that it was viewed was was not only negative because of the cut that was released, but also like it was. It was so far off from what the film was what actually is or what it might be trying to do that it's like it's incomprehensible. It's like it's not like that ninety minute cut is just a lesser version. It's like a totally different film. Okay. All right. Definitely gonna watch the yeah. fucking real deal version. Incredible. Can't wait. Oh wait, we're at number three. Yeah. Number three. Creed, number three. Creed. Number baby. three. So I swapped my two and three today. After, Ooh. Some, after some thinking. Ooh. So my number three comes in with Alex Garland's Ex Machina. Ooh. Oh. Okay. Um, yeah. And 
I put this down because I feel I even like wrote like a shit ton of notes on it. Uh, I feel like psychological horror for a number of reasons. Number one, it just fucks with your head, like throughout the entire thing. Like Oscar, it's obviously Oscar Isaac, Dom Hogleason, um, Alicia Vikander, and basically like for those who don't know, it's like pretty much like. Oscar Isaac is like this like weird eccentric billionaire guy and he owns a software company and Dom Hulk Gleason works for the company. And then he gets picked by a random lottery to go meet the guy and participate in like an experiment. And basically what happens is Oscar Isaac has invented AI and he basically is using Dom Hulk Gleason to complete a Turing test and he brings him to this compound and like, it looks all beautiful. It's in the woods and like, oh, it's all cool. Da, da, da. And then you get inside. And again, like claustrophobia sets in. There's like no windows where his room is. It's all yeah. like weird lights when everything gets like locked down, when the computers fail, or whatever, it turns like this weird color red. And anyway, so it's just very claustrophobic. But I also feel like it's psychological in the sense of like, there's a lot of talk right now about AI and where is AI mm. going. So I feel like it's relevant to our time at the moment as well which I feel like plays into the psychological aspect of it because it's like, can you tell this is a robot? Obviously you can see it's like technically a robot, but like, are you able to tell, can you develop feelings for it? Does the robot develop feelings for you? It's like, I don't know. It just plays into it. And can you trust the robot? And can you trust it? Exactly. And so what I really love about too, especially Oscar Isaac, I mean, the dude is a phenomenal actor. Uh, He's like, he really is. He's like friggin' amazing. What did I write here? I write that he's he's a very dominant personality and yet like plays to be friendly, which I feel like you never really know what he's thinking, which is kind of crazy. And like yeah. everything he says is super logical and not emotional and yet displays weird emotions throughout. I, I just feel like that like played into it as well. It's like he's the villain, but like not a villain. It's it's I don't know. It's like it just had me guessing throughout. And again, yeah. I feel like it's super uneasy. Um, and it's relatable to the time. And that's why I threw it on the list uh, for psychological horror. I wouldn't necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily, again, it's that fine line between horror and thriller. It's not necessarily a horror movie at all, but the thriller aspect, and I feel like it kind of plays into psychological horror. And I threw it on the list. It, I mean, you could differ on it, and maybe you guys don't agree, but I, that's where my line is, I guess. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm fudging the lines here, but yeah. Dude, I absolutely love this movie. Yeah, for me, it is a little bit more of a thriller, but like, I don't fault you because we're all drawing our own lines. I love the fucking film. Alex Garland's one of my favorite writers at this now director, like ever. Like he's, I mean, he's all time for me. Like I fucking love him. And I think this is such a beautiful, like look into something that he does really well um, in sort of looking at, the future through a lens that feels somewhat realistic. Um, And like, yeah, I mean, everything you said, I agree with. And like the way that he's able to sort of build tension and like make you think about these, these things. I, I mean, I think it's a fucking great movie. A lot of it for me too. And like, I've already talked about this on, on pretty much all of them, but like, I feel like, soundtracks to movies are severely underrated and underappreciated like a soundtrack Mm -hmm. can make or break a movie and i feel like with what 
we've been talking about too, like all of these soundtracks play into it and it's like, like minimalistic or like eerie, spooky, like super electronic. I don't know. It's just like, like the soundtrack to this movie too is just, I think it's phenomenal, understated, but still like, you know, it builds, it builds on the tension itself, you know? Yeah. I mean, while we're here, Midsommar has a really creepy fucking score as well. Yeah. Facts. Um, yeah, so I, I'll, I'll weigh in confirming that this is a thriller, but I love that you're throwing these on here. I love that it's shaking up the list. Great film, super spooky. Um, definitely a creepy one for all the reasons you said. Um, and and I yeah, I, I love the film. I'm glad it's here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I fucking love it. Love the shout. Um, well, what movie is Ex Machina again? I mean, what year? What year? Uh, 2014. Okay, well... For number three, I am going to bring us a movie right in the same time frame that in a somewhat similar fashion, I feel like is is a bit of a of a smaller film, if that makes sense as well, but very different plot. And that is 2015's The Invitation. Oh, the Karen Kusama film? Yes. Yeah. Have you seen this? I haven't. No, no. I, I've not seen it. You've already recommended it to me once, and I still haven't gone back to watch it. Oh my god! Okay, so you guys have to see this movie. Um, all right, came out in 2015. Uh, yeah, directed by Karen Kusama, and uh, starring uh, honestly, like not maybe that many people that you would know, but the but the lead, Logan Marshall Green. Uh, I'm sure you guys will recognize. I mean, if not from some other things, definitely as the one and only Trey in the OC season two. Wow. Oh, dude, this is on my Netflix list, bro. Bro, yes. Yes, yeah, it dude. Is. Yes, it's it's on the it's on the queue, dude. Oh my God. Amazing. But dude, Logan Logan Marshall Green, underrated actor. Dude. Actually quite fucking good. Dude, what the fuck is the name of that film he was in like three years ago? Upgrade. Sci-fi movie? Yes, he's incredible. He's amazing in that. And he's great in this as well. And so to give you guys a little sneak peek of what this is about, because I do have to say I'm very excited neither of you have seen this because it is one of those movies that like you don't know what's coming and like you're guessing the whole time. And that's actually part, I think, of the psychological aspect of it is that I mean, I'll just set the scene. So um, Logan Marshall Green, he plays this character, this character, Will. And so he drives his girlfriend to this house in the Hollywood Hills. It's it's the home of his ex-wife who is hosting this dinner party with her new husband. The reason that they ended up getting divorced was because their their son had like this sort of tragic accidental death. And anyways, now his ex-wife, she met this new husband at in Mexico at this like sort of retreat, this like grief, like support group type thing. Anyways, the group that's over there, it's the first time that they've been together in like a couple of years and things seem a little off from the start. And so as like the, the dinner party starting, like it's all sort of from Will's perspective and like he he is like wandering through the home. He's sort of like reliving these, these former memories that are pretty dark and like immediately, like I feel like this sort of brings in like a little bit of the psychological aspect. Cause it's like, you're sort of 
diving into his psychology while also feeling a little uncomfortable because you're like, you're like, why do things seem like a little bit weird in the house? Like there's like, we know something's going to happen, but like, what is, what is this leading to? I really don't want to take it further than that because so many different things happen in this movie, but let's just say Will starts to question what is going on at the dinner party and it is a mind fuck movie where it's like you're wondering is something weird happening is will crazy what is weird that could be happening if it is happening and where it all ends up is incredible it's just it it is it's quite fucking original this film and it really like fucks with your head and again this is a movie slightly different in how it stuck with me after something like midsummer but stuck with me afterwards and i was like damn like that that had some fucking bite to it like that was good dude i, I like like i said this has been on my queue forever I don't, I don't know if it's still on netflix but literally it's been on my queue and i do not know why for the life of me i still haven't watched it because i remember looking at it and being like this seems so intriguing and i do love <laughs> logan marshall green he's like he's fucking awesome and, and I've just never watched it at all. I like go back to like all the shit that I've seen a million fucking times. But yeah, I mean, this is uh, like I, I'm like pissed that I haven't <laughs> that I haven't seen it yet. No, you so. got you gotta go watch it. And like it's it's definitely like not that this matters, but like you guys know this. Like I'm sure it, it's a very well reviewed movie. I feel like it still though is super underrated. Like sort of how you're saying right now. I don't know why the fuck I haven't watched it yet. When I did end up watching it, it wasn't because I had like heard, oh my god, you have to watch this movie. It was yeah, it looked intriguing. I saw it on Netflix years ago, and I was like, I'm gonna throw this on. I'm not doing anything. I'm looking for something like horror, suspense, whatever. And I was like, holy fucking shit when I finished it. But it's I still think it's underrated, even with the good reviews and and this and that. It's like, yeah, you got to check this out. Like it's. uh, Man, it is fucking. uh, It's it's awesome is all I can say. Again, it's very hard to talk about it without ruining stuff. But to, to be honest, it had kind of fallen off my radar since the last time you recommended it. So now I'm I'm all here for it. I'm totally ready again. I would say similar, Mike, to how you said, if there's one thing I say on this pod that matters, it's go watch Possession for you. For me, if there's one thing I say on this pod that matters to anyone listening or you too, it's watch The Invitation. I, I definitely will. I mean, as, as listeners know, and you know, I am a massive fan of Jennifer's body. Uh, so I will watch anything that she does. I mean, I do not think you will be disappointed, my friend. Okay. Um, well, this is a somewhat awkward transition to my, my number three, which it. is from a very similar time period as yours. It's 2014, wide release 2015. Also involving a three-named person, David Robert Mitchell, Ooh. who directed and wrote the film It Follows. Ah. Uh-huh. Which I just found out preparing for this podcast is somewhat controversial. Like it's ninety five percent Rotten Tomatoes, sixty six percent audience. I just thought Whoa. everybody knew this film was awesome. Yeah, I like it quite a bit. I like it. It is starring uh, Micah Monroe, um, and it is. 
I am totally stealing this from somebody. I wish I could remember who. But the plot of this film is sexual final destination. Amazing way. And if anybody needs me to say more than that, what is wrong with you? I mean, that's just it's and it this film is fucking gorgeous. It's it's unbelievable how well it's shot. And I just found out I was reading about it that it's they sort of based a lot of the shot composition on this this photographer, Gregory Crudzin, which I thought was cool. But yeah, it is just the way it shot is both beautiful and very effective. It has you on edge the entire time. Score is great. It was done by somebody named Disaster Piece. So shout out to that guy. I think it had a shout out in our best opening scenes. One of the best opening scenes. Super, super fucking creepy. And just the entire time. I mean, you have no idea. Is any of this real? What's actually happening? You know, whose judgment can you trust here? Um, and it's just this ends up being this like relentless, like stalking thing that just has everybody freaked sort of the entire time. And it's just really pure psychological horror for me. I haven't seen this movie since it came out. I'm like drawing a blank. I I have not either, but I, I have a pretty good memory. I feel like it left a bit of an impact on me. I think this movie's this movie's great. I was like, I will say like probably I'm not. And this is only in the sense of you clearly fucking love it, Mike. I'm probably not that high on it, but I thought it was awesome. Like I saw it in theaters, had a great time. Um, It has some great sequences in there. And like, I just love sort of what they're going for with it, which I think they do really well and execute really well. Yeah, for sure. Really, really big fan of this film. Definitely another one that if you somehow haven't seen it, it was like a, you know, a bit of more. I feel like all the three movies we sort of just shouted out, like as our number three, all to some degree were indie films. Like, yes, they had real budgets, but they were small budgets and they all slayed. And so I'd say whether it's It Follows, The Invitation or Ex Machina, all great films to go check out if you have never seen them. Great summary. Creed. Boom. Number two. Number two. Great movie. I would hope so. Very unknown. I think he's joking. I'm gonna I'm gonna rock you. I'm gonna rock your role with this. Also released in 2015. Oh. Ooh. Ooh. I said I was gonna do this. So uh number two is a, a movie starring yours truly. Uh, Danny Hollywood, bastard. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. No, I'm totally fucking with you. It's no, it's not on the list. (laughs) 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 I just, I just, I told you, Tan, I was going to fucking throw it in the list. No, it's not that. You had to. I just had to throw it out there. Um, no, but like, let's just quickly say that, (laughs) that if you guys don't know this, I don't, Mike, I don't know if you know this. I I don't, I don't. Dan, so Dan stars in a 2015 horror film called Bastard. Yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> Your character's name was West. Yes. You need to see it. Yeah, West, yeah, West, yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I just, I had to throw it on just for shits and giggles. Dude, it's, I will it's, see this. It's not psychological horror. It's just like fucking horror, gore, everything, like all practical effects or whatever. We made it with like 85 grand. Got released in theaters, uh like 15 across the country for like three weeks uh, as part of After Dark's um, uh, eight eight films to die for. I saw that shit in theaters, You son. did see that shit in theaters. Yeah, bro. Yeah, you did. We went to the Vista. Yeah, we did. 
it was fantastic. And I mean, hell of a fucking scene <laughs> that this man is in. Holy shit. Might be the scene of the film. The I feel like the opening is like the is like the best part of the entire film. It really is, is. The, the first like eight minutes. But yeah. Anyway. So while, while we're just going down a, a diversion, what can you tell me about Slay Per View? I've never. Well, I don't know what that is. Oh, I don't know. It's listed under Letterbox as the other film you've acted. A short film directed oh. by Chelsea Peters. Oh, hang on. Yeah, yeah. Wait a minute. He's like, I didn't know the title. Yeah, it ch- they changed the name. Hang on a second. Let me look it up. <laughs> they changed the name. Hang on one second. Let me look it up. I'm going to go on my fucking uh, on my thing. Let me see. Uh, I love this. Oh, yeah. Slate Review. All right, cool. So, okay. So, Slate Review was this thing that I did, uh, short film um, with... Um, Oh my god, I forget. A uh, crypt. It was part of Crypt TV, and uh, Slate Review is like this: these two guys, these streamers, basically kidnap people who have like done bad things and torture them live on oh, pay per view, and uh, they're like famous for it. And uh, yeah, so that was yeah, that Slate Review. Yeah, yeah, they changed. The t- I forget what it was called originally, but. Yeah, that was a fun one. That was a good one. I like that title. I think they made a good, a good, yeah, a Chelsea good fucking change. Chelsea Stardust. She just, she just directed her first feature not too long ago too. She was fucking awesome. She was such a cool, such a cool person. And uh, Powell and Patrick, who directed Bastard, we we were gonna do another. Just, sorry, just a side note, and then and then and then I will get to my number two. We got hired to adapt um, a horror novel called Harlequin, which we were in talks to do but we just wanted too much money for it and to shoot it in film. And the producer was like, you can literally go fuck yourself. So we, we got, we got, uh, that got totally stonewalled, but, uh, but yeah, Damn. anyway. Um, yeah. So anyway, check out bastard. That Yeah, sure. I, I will. I will. It's fun. It's like, it's super dark, but it has a lot of like funny, very dark, funny moments in it, but it's definitely like a gory thing. Like, we had when we screened it for the first time for an audience, like five people got up and walked out of the theater. Wow. Sounds like Mike's type of movie. Which to us was like the perfect nod. We were like, All right, yeah, cool, exactly. good. Like we're grossing you out. This is great. Anyway, my number two, the official number two is um American Psycho. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. very nice. Very American nice. Psycho, one hundred percent. I just literally rewatched this again, uh, like today, just because I love it so much. It's just great. I mean, I feel like everyone's seen it. Christian Bale just kills it. He is definitely a socio-psychopath. Obviously, you know, kills people. It's just great. And the whole time, like, is it real? Is it not real? What is it? You know, and like the whole thing and like his hallucinations, like I feel like one of the weirdest moments, but also one of the funniest is when he goes to the ATM and it tells him and it says, feed me a stray cat. It's just like, what the fuck is going on, man? And <laughs> yeah, so I love the movie. It's got you know, Christian Bale, Jared Leto, Justin Theroux, Chloe, um, what's it? Chloe Svenye, however you say her last name. It's it's just an awesome movie. And I feel like it suits the psychological horror. You could also call it a thriller, but I feel like it's got some of that horror aspect to it. You know, basically, definitely. yeah, definitely playing on like the upper class New York, you know, Dorcia, you know, all like the fake fucking restaurants and shit and that it's just, I, I just love this movie so much. And I feel like I just had to throw it on the list to give it, to give it some props, but I put it high. It was originally my number three, but I put it higher just because 
I like it so much, whether, you know, I mean, I feel like some of my list, you could kind of interchange some stuff. Sans number one, number one, you can't interchange with anything. But uh, yeah, so I had to throw it on there. Amazing. I feel like this had this was going to be on someone's list. So, I mean, I'm glad it was yours. Glad yeah, it was yours. yeah. I fucking yeah, sure, yeah. I love Christian Bale. I I do like the the book a little bit more than the movie, but like I think obviously you got Christian Bale in this fucking movie. It's it's pretty fucking great. So I, I love it too when it when choice. when they were filming it too. Like everyone was like, "This is going to be career suicide. Like you were going to mess up your entire career," which only made Christian Bale want to do it more. Just to like fuck with everyone. He was like, yeah, go fuck yourself. I'm going to do it. And he just like slays it literally and figuratively. Like it, he's, it's such a good movie. This was on my, it was in my five at some point. I bumped it down to somewhere around seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I don't know. I, I had to split hairs and decide some way. And for me, while this is absolutely a psychological horror, for me, it's primarily a satire. And so yes. that's what that's what did it. Yeah. but I, I just had to pick something you yeah know? i love yeah. the film yeah 100 and it is so i mean you're 100 right like it is completely but i just i had to show it the love man you know i had to show it the love love that pick fucking love it well i'm gonna take us to another another titan that i mean maybe it's on one of your guys's lists maybe it's mike's number two maybe it's one of your number ones but it's it's a big boy and i mean i just i couldn't talk about this topic without having it high up on my list it's the one the only 1980s the shining that's higher on my list all right then we will talk about it soon no creed creed no what Uh, no 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 no. so creed i told you before the pod i had one absolutely stone cold lock from town which was the shining there's no way he wasn't going to put the shining but then i had another that i thought you would pick and that means you didn't pick it well what is it i want to know what it is well what if it's my number what if it's my number one yeah yeah, okay 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 yeah i got okay all right okay all right um all right my number two is the least categorizable of anything on my list, definitely psychological horror. And there's a psychological element to all of this director's films. Um, and I just could not be more in love with this one. It is 1977's Suspiria. Oh, so good. Nice. Nice. It's, it's a really, it's a really strange film to talk about, but everything about it is leading to this weird psychological thing. So obviously Dario Argento, um, the plot is that there's a, an American, I guess, dancer played by Jessica Harper who goes to this like dance school in Germany where just weird shit starts happening, you know, and, and both to her and, and to you, the audience. So, you know, people are dying. So it has that element of it as well. That's kind of Jalo inspired element. Um, but then, you know, the, you know, the school is telling her weird shit. The staff is acting really weird. It's claustrophobic because she can't get out of the, the school. Um, again, they're sort of just gaslighting her and trying to make her think that everything is, is normal. Um, she knows there's some weird conspiracy going on. And then you, the, the viewer are getting, you know, just crazy lights of all different colors all over the film. You have no idea what they mean. If anything, it just makes it beautiful and sets this like fairy tale um, atmosphere. And then it has like one of the most famous horror scores from Goblin, which is just this, just, just creepy as hell. 
Yeah. It's, it's just weird shit is happening in this. It's, I guess you technically call it a boarding school, which I'm like a big fan of just anything said in the boarding school. I feel like that's always where great horror stuff happens. Um, and it's just, you have no idea what's going on until the end. It's just really disorienting. And some of these films are, maybe I won't drop the title right now, but like some of these films are more disorienting for the people in it than maybe you on the outside. You have a little bit more knowledge. And in this one, it's like, you're right there in it. Like you have no idea what the fuck is going on. I feel like with this movie too, and I haven't seen it in a while, but I, the first time I saw it was in a BU dorm, actually, oh, like on like a that. on like a wow. small like little oh, like like twenty beautiful. inch like plasma TV. You know oh, what I mean? That's beautiful. Um, I love that. I, like I I feel like, and one scene in particular stands out for me, and I'll just say it just because I don't really feel like it ruins anything. But like randomly, there's just a room with like a Barbed door. Wire? Yeah, with the barbed wire. And I just, I just, the, when I saw it and afterward the movie, I, I just remember thinking to myself, like, the creators of Saw, like, watched this movie and was like, yup, we're going to do shit like that. Because <laughs> it's just like, there's no reason to have a room with a door that's like 20 feet up just landing into barbed wire. And the people from Saw were like, yeah, we're going to do a movie just full of this shit. <laughs> just like just, do that. Just nothing else in the room. Just barbed wire. Yeah, and that, that has wire. basically nothing to do with like where you end up going in the film. It's, yeah, it's, it's just That was that's a that's a great pick, dude. That's so good. I this is another fucking one that I still haven't seen. It's it's on my Ooh. long-time horror list. Definitely watch this and the remake uh is quite good as well from 2008. Okay, that's good to hear. I think it is. It's it's really not stepping on the toes at all um and they both exist uh beautifully alongside each other they remade it they yeah, did they yeah did. they did and it's really it's a cool remake i like it a lot oh i didn't i didn't even know that they remade it damn we're both gonna have to check that one out creed wow okay great number two we're here number fucking one Danny fucking Hollywood's going to lead us off with a fucking big one right now. Yeah, the, sh- the Shining, man. It's it's my number one. It, it oh. really is. I, lo- I love The Shining. I got a chance to see The Shining in original format at the Arclight Dome uh, a while ago. Oh, I, I did that as well, bro. Dude, it's like so good. And like the whole movie, again, uneasy, isolation, soundtrack is beautiful, the fucking scenery is the sets are beautiful and creepy, obviously. It's just like a real dive into like fucked up psychological horror and just watching a man go down yeah. a spiral one hundred percent. Like, yeah, I just like if anyone hasn't seen this movie, where the fuck have you been for the last forty years? But like, uh yeah, it's just, it had to be on the list, man, and it was my number one for sure. I just I had to throw it up there. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's it's iconic for a reason. Kubrick is a fucking master. Like, again, it's so hard for me to pick favorites with his movies. Two thousand one is my favorite, but like after that, it's hard to rank them. But but I have to imagine The Shining is very high on my list after that, and like it, it's just from from the scenery and the way that it's shot to the way that Jack Nicholson plays this character to perfection and just descends into absolute insanity. I mean, just some of the images we see in this film that are, that are 
somewhat terrifying. Yeah, man, like it feels like every detail of this film is thought out like to a T and it, and it's just works so well. He's so good in it. So is Shelley Duvall. Shelley Duvall. I mean, oh, God, the woman yeah. went through so kind much torture. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. So underrated. She kills it. Yeah. She's, she kills it, man. And yeah, didn't it, the, the filming conditions were pretty rough for this movie. Yeah. That's what, yeah. Like Kubrick put, supposedly Kubrick put Duvall under like so much stress, so much, yeah. Uh, like torture and stuff that like her hair was starting to fall out. Like Jesus, it's just like he put her through the fucking ringer, and you can see in her performance, like it's like weighing on her like so bad. But that's what plays into it, and that's what I feel like. Even though that's like fucked up, that Kubrick, you know, which is like Hitchcock used to do the same thing to his actors too, like uh, Tippi Hedren and the Birds and all that. Like he did the same thing, and uh, yep. But it plays so well, like, I feel bad for her that she went through that. But, like, I mean, her performance is it's awesome. And I feel like it's criminally underrated. I feel like everyone, obviously, Jack Nicholson does a great job. But I also feel like, like, Shelley Duvall has to be shouted out 100% mm-hmm. for that. Because, I mean, she's the other part of the movie. Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean? 100%. Like, the two most important people in it. And uh, also, it's just so funny. Like, Mike definitely knew that this would be on my list because when he always likes to send some funny names before the episode, my man sent a little nod to Halloran's character played, of course, by Scatman Crothers. Oh yeah. I did. Schwadman Crothers. Yeah. (laughs) Incredible. But, Oh my God, dude, the shining. What a fucking incredible. What a movie. What a movie. Yeah, Shining uh, is not on my list. Uh, I, I knew I'd get it somewhere, so I had to cut it just for so many other great films. But it's a great one. It's uh, I think it's 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 maybe one of the most dense Kubrick films, but also pretty approachable in terms of the themes he's going for. So I, I definitely would put it in my top, say, two or three of Kubrick. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Okay, well, my number one, I'd say this... Besides, I mean, there were two movies that when I started this, I was like, okay, these are going to be on my list. Shining was one of them. That was number two. This one, to me, is one of the most impactful horror movies just in general of all time. I I don't know if any horror film has ever stuck with me as long after as this one. And I'll just get down to it. It's 1999's The Blair Witch Project. I, I should have known that. I, so I should have known you'd pick this. So, Blair Fucking Witch Project, as we, as many, many people know, this was sort of the, this is what really brought into the mainstream the found footage yeah. film technique, marketed fucking brilliantly to where you almost really thought this was like a documentary about these three student filmmakers who hike into the Black Hills uh, in Maryland to film this documentary about the Blair Witch, which is a local legend. And we, in a very slow burn fashion, see them start to unravel as they get lost in the woods. And it, it all leads up to an ending, which I can only describe as Uh, I can just set the scene for the first time I saw it. I was alone at 5 a.m. in the morning watching this movie in my room. 
and I finished and I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to stay up until the morning because not sleeping after that one. But it just has it's so unsettling throughout and makes you feel uncomfortable, of course. And, you know, wondering also just seeing the psychological toll that what is going on to these three people you know, is having on them. But but man, I just have to say, like, everything they do in this movie to me, some people, you know, will always call the found footage thing a gimmick. Fuck that. This movie's brilliant. The way that they do it, anyone that says nothing happens in the movie, we're watching different fucking movies. And it's like the budget they did this on, my God, and the impact. I mean, again, for something so simple, this movie just every time I watch it, it still hits me as hard. That ending, it's just the, like like the last frame of oof. that is iconic. Like iconic. I, I can I can I haven't seen it in I don't know seven years, but like I literally can picture the exact last like the exact ending of that movie. The whole room, one hundred percent. Yeah, it's oh. like oh, it's so good. It just gave me the chills thinking about it. Yeah. Oh my god. It's 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 absolutely iconic and I I think it's it's one of the best ever. So I it it had to be number 1 for me. It's uh yeah. I mean it's it's the the feeling of being trapped, you know, the disorientation of the whole thing, the sort of distrust between the group, like that one guy that just throws away the map, like yep. what a fucking asshole. Yeah, yeah. And then also them not this is definitely I mean, it's talked about a lot in something like Alien or like Jaws or whatever. But in terms of not showing the monster and that making it scarier, this could be number one on that list as well. Yeah. Because never giving you that relief of getting your getting grips on what exactly is happening makes it ten times more horrifying because you have no idea what it is or what it is capable of. What a great hundred fucking percent. What a good thing. I should have known this. I should have known this. You should have known this. You should have. And we just talked about it in our last episode. We did. Mike, this leaves this leaves you, my friend, Mr. Maestro. Okay. Well, I have a feeling that you guys have seen this film. I was gonna say it would be the number one to see, but I already told you don't listen to me. It was possession no matter what. <laughs> um, and it is I'm I'm pleasantly surprised at how many like newer films we've already talked about here which is cool but what's interesting about this is it's just weird to go into a theater like today let's say like in the last couple years and just walk out and be like for such a defined or not not such a vast let's say subgenre this is easily one of the best films like on the mount rushmore all time it was just a strange feeling to see this and come away with that reaction and that is 2018's film, the feature film debut by Ari Aster, Hereditary. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. This film wow. is everything this genre can be. Tony I just killed it. Believe that. I mean, Tony Collette's performance is insane. It's just massive in Absolutely every insane. And this just has everything that you want in psychological film. You know, it's got the, the sort of trauma, the grief, the distrust, the paranoia. You know, the regret, your total loss of, you know, grip on what's real, what's a dream, what's a hallucination, what's a possession, you know, you and you are exactly in the same position as all the other characters. I mean, you know nothing mm-hmm. and your brain just keeps getting melted 
and it's just it just keeps escalating and it gets more and more haunting with the sounds the visuals there's crazy jump scares towards the end um you know but it's also keeping everything in check and just revealing it at exactly the right pace and i just love you know it's the same in midsummer especially in that opening scene town but i love the way that ari aster just sort of like glides you um, around a room like in between scenes and then mm-hmm. just ends it by revealing something absolutely fucking horrifying yeah it's oh. like he just lulls <laughs> you into sleep and then you're like oh there's the parents dead and you're like what the fuck yeah. like in this film he just does it so much like pans or, or sweeping around a room and it's just always revealing something terrifying and, and i will say this is a film that even as an adult obviously it came out in 2018 this is one of the few films that's really scared me in the last decade or so. And and again, I looked it up, 68% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. I I just thought everybody assumed this was a masterpiece. I just blew me the fuck away. An insane film for a, a feature-length debut. Can I tell you why I think, Mike, some of these movies have such a disparity between the critics and the audience? I would love to hear it. I think, and and I don't think it's a good reason. I think it's just the the realistic reason. As a whole, people don't respect horror. And I don't yeah. think, which is fucked up, but I think that A24 films are held to a certain degree where typically they're well-liked by the critics because as a general rule, they're typically good films. And I think some people outside of your general horror sphere would go to see this because it's just supposed to be a good movie yeah. and some of them don't like it. And therefore you see a bit of a disparity, but like, and you just have your occasional person that might say, I don't know what they'll say, whether it's pretentious or, Oh, I don't like it. But like, this is as good as you're fucking going to get for modern day horror. I mean, the fact that Ari Aster just has done this and then Midsummer, which are, you know, very different movies in a sense. And and I would say this is the scarier movie, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But like both fucking fantastic. And you honestly just bring it up, dude, just brought some memories to scenes back. And there I mean, there's a couple scenes in this one where your jaw falls to the floor. I mean, several. And it, it just constantly ramps up. I mean, and the first I mean, Arya said this himself, but like the first half is basically just like straight dramatic movie just about family drama mm-hmm. and then the second half is just like the scariest fucking shit ever and it's it's just wow it's it's a lot it's it, and i can't i really couldn't think of a psychological horror film that delivers more than this one dude i mean okay. this is a great fucking pick I, I have to say like we all have some great fucking picks in this act yeah. like i feel like if you really want a nice little smorgasbord of of psychological horror like you're getting it in this app and i'll say you know we'll we'll summarize and get to our honorables but uh eight of my top 10 have been picked so you guys have been hitting high on my list as well i love that i got i gotta hear bro what was what was the one that you thought was a lock for my list rosemary's baby oh yeah i mean it it was definitely up there but yeah it's an honorable for me yeah, as well yeah it, it's like the most like if someone said psychological horror, I would maybe say The Shining or it'd be Rosemary's Baby. Like it's yeah. the yes. example of the genre. Those yeah. are the two examples. And I, w- I would argue Rosemary's might be the the number one Shining Could example. Be. Really? 
it's a great fucking film. It's yeah. it's yeah. um I like it a lot. I don't know how much rewatchability I have with it. I mean, th- and that's not to say that it's not an incredible movie. It's just I've watched it a couple times. I don't know how many more times I'll dive down that rabbit hole just because it does its job so well. And it's a very uncomfortable movie to watch. Um, but man, I mean, it's a, it's an absolute Titan in the genre, in the subgenre. I mean, it's, yeah, it, we, it wouldn't be right if we didn't talk about it for half a second. Like we just said. All right. So should we recap quick and then we can get to some more honorables? Yeah. So Danny, give us your list. Five to one, five to one, the witch, Vertigo, Ex Machina, American Psycho, and The Shining. Amazing. My my number five to one is at five, Funny Games, then Midsummer at four, The Invitation at three, The Shining at two, and The Blair Witch Project at one. All right. I am five, Repulsion, four, Possession, three, It Follows, two, Suspiria, and one, Hereditary. Absolutely love these lists. Um... Let's knock a couple honorables out really quickly. Danny, start us off. You're our guest. Give Dude, us a couple. Honestly, like, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't, even, I didn't, like, my list was pretty solid. Like I said, like, Psycho was. We sort of covered the, them all for you. Yeah, Psycho was one of the ones. Uh, definitely thought of Midsummer. Definitely thought of Love Hereditary. It. Blair Witch, too, like 100%. But you, I mean, we guys kind of hit all of them, man. Like, it's just, and, and like I said, like, for me, and like when I think about these things too, it's like I also just think about the movies that I love, and like how they make me feel. And though all those were absolutely amazing, it's like these are the ones that like if I if I'm really feeling it, I'm gonna go back to and like watch like a fucked up movie. You know what I mean? These are the ones for me. So mm-hmm. that's why I picked them. Even though like you know Hereditary, Blair Witch, like it's so good. Like they're it's like I mean we're in, we're we're talking just about all great movies right now. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Fucking, all right, I'm going to throw out a couple because I, I have a couple to add on. I'd say one that we did not mention, which, again, delves very strongly into thriller territory, but still a titan of the genre and definitely delves into the idea of horror, and that's The Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. And just a fucking amazing movie. Like, I just realized that Silence of the Lambs was not on our list. That's yeah. crazy. So, Town, when uh, going back to Midsummer. I mean, I, I guess. I, I mean, can I say it? Can I not? Should I not say it? Can I say it? What? What? It's, it's, not, you know, it's it's not really a spoiler, but like, like the dude with the face. Okay, remember in Midsummer, okay. the dude with the face, one hundred percent like retro throwback. Sounds of the Lambs. That's like when I saw that, I thought of Hannibal Lecter. Wow, I love 100%, that. One hundred percent. I was like, oh shit. Okay. What's up, Clarice? You know what I mean. You know what I mean. Like yes. that's. I mean, that's, that's what I thought when I saw that. Think about like, I saw that. That performance from Anthony Hopkins, which you know, it it can never be said enough. Like he he was on screen for fifteen minutes of the film, and the impact that character has had, I mean, cannot be stressed enough. It's it's fucking unbelievable. And it, and look, a lot of people will say it's like the the. One of, I probably would say with The Shining and Rosemary's that those are like the three psychological horror like giants. I agree. But with that said, Silence of the Lambs is a thriller, but it does have the horror aspect of the can, you know, that he's a cannibal and what's going on in the film. It's definitely scary, but but it, it, it definitely meshes that line, in my opinion. 
But love that film. And another one I wanted to shout is uh, 2014's Creep, which I know Mike and I have talked about before. Yeah, I've never seen it. Dude, great little indie movie. Mark Duplass, um, found footage. And it's... This is truly a movie that all I'm going to say is this is some great low budget psychological horror done right. And you're in for a treat. I don't even want to explain what it's about. I just want you to go watch it and know that Mark Duplass is a boss and does really rarely makes anything bad. Yeah, he's a he's a dope. I, I love Mark Duplass. Yeah, for at least the first half of this film, it's. Like the tension is is unbelievable. Like unbelievable. You, you can't breathe watching it. It's it's and he's yeah fantastic in it. Mike, I I do have a few more, but I want to hear a couple of yours. What are they? So the last one rounding out my top ten that I also thought could have got a play is Get Out. That uh, yeah, was that my one. other one that I wanted to see if you said. <sighs> Mike, yeah. Silence of Limbs. I feel bad it's not on there. It's just not that many Same. picks. You know Ugh. what are you gonna do? It's so good. The only reason I didn't have it was because like. It is psychological horror, but I feel like it blurs so many genre lines that I was like, I'm going to just go deep, deep into psychological horror. And we can talk about that in honorables. That was my take personally. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, I'm kind of, I'm in the same boat and I can't even like my, I can't even start to like going further into thrillers either. Cause it's just too many, but I mean, uh, what else did I have? Oh, I, I, I mean, just because we talked about it recently, I didn't consider it. But Wicker Man is, you know, clearly like the, oh, the inspiration for Midsommar. Yeah. And I, I guess just in terms of recent films that maybe people haven't seen, The Babadook is like a pretty, pretty oh, solid yeah. example yeah. of this genre that I'd yeah. recommend to people. And I would also say if you haven't gone back and done it, go back and watch the original Ring, Ringu. The Japanese version, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. that movie yeah. is just kicks ass. I know a lot of people only saw the American, which is fine, but like you know, do yourself a favor. Go ahead, Tim. I mean, that's pretty much it for me, man. We just talked about it in our last episode. I think it's more of a slasher for my for me, but one of my favorite horror films as well that I saved. You know, I gave it the spotlight in our last episode, but but definitely has a psychological aspect. Is 2008's The Strangers. I fucking love it. Just just the way it gets in your head. But again, I look at it a little bit more slashery. W- would you agree, Mike? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be mad if you put it here. I mean, I I see people call Texas Chainsaw a psychological movie as well. Interesting. Um, for not dissimilar reasons. I, I, I wouldn't put it there. But again, I mean, there's this is a, a wide genre that you can define as you want. So there's just tons of great ones out there. True. Yeah, that's going to cap it off for me. Okay. Boys. What lists, dudes? I mean, geez. These are powerful lists. Yeah, Yeah, these are legit. Well, I know like, I know coming up to this thing too, I was texting you both like a, like a madman at some point being like, I mean, are we, (laughs) are we sticking to horror? Like, can I just like fuck around with this list? Like, and you guys were like, dude, do whatever you want, bro. Like, just like (laughs) feel it. You know what I mean? And that's why like, yes, like some of my list is definitely more thriller than horror, but they definitely have the aspect. And I feel like, if you're dealing with psychological, just in general, like, again, that line is super blurred between horror and thriller, and they both are, like, up to interpretation. But, I like, I, I remember, like, Mike, I didn't hear from you from, like, for, like, two days. I texted town. I was like, I was like, he hasn't gotten back to me, bro. Like, I, am I good to do this? Like, what the <laughs> fuck? 
Yeah, dude, I saw your text like the minute before I got on a plane from Chicago to LA. Yeah. And then I landed in LA and had to drive like all through the night, like not all through the night, but like most of the day and night to yeah. to get to where I was going. Oh. And then I did mushrooms. So I forgot to text you. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll get to the last part. And then watch some like, psychological horror movies. Yeah. He did mushrooms and watched Midsummer. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's a good reason. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. But fuck, this this was an incredible list. Da- Danny, I mean, you know how much we love having you on. This Dude, is I just, love it, man. We do. I love we it. Do. I love it. I'm actually like, I mean, this is thriller, right? But I'm actually shocked we didn't talk about it just right quick. Just because we mentioned it in the Scorsese episode, but Shutter Island, it's definitely thriller, not so horror, true, but so true. Definitely the psychological aspect to it. I just thought of that as of literally right now. Didn't even and there's cross a couple my mind. scary moments, <laughs> but yeah, it didn't even cross my mind for the list. But yeah. I'm just thinking about like this now. Now I'm thinking about just like psychological shit. You know what I mean? And like what that means, and like what are the movies like that? But yeah, anyway, I mean it's not horror by any means, but but yeah, for sure. Shout out to my man, Leo. Shout out, Leo. All right. Fucking, this was incredible. Dan, we thank you, and we cannot wait to have you again in the future. Thank you, boys. And guys, enjoy. You know where you can find us. Top Fives and Deep Dives on Instagram. Top Dives on Twitter. We love hearing from you. Tell us your favorite psychological horror movies. Go on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review. It helps people find us. We appreciate it so much. And uh, if you want to hear us talk more about horror, more about other movies, check us out on Patreon at Top Fives and Deep Dives. Uh, there's some cool bonus content. Check it if you're interested. All right. We love you guys. We'll see you next week. Happy Halloween. Peace out. Top Fives and Deep Dives. We're tired of PTM. Top Fives and Deep Dives. We're tired of PTM. Top Fives and Deep Dives. We're tired of PTM. Top my favorite director would have to be Martin Scorsese, followed by Quentin Tarantonius. You can literally go fuck yourself. <laughs>